It's your Locked on Flyers podcast for Friday, June 3rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to talk draft combine, Russ. The NHL combine is back. I'm so excited. All right, let's get going with the show. Your Locked on Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow Locked On Flyers on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes, all that good stuff. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about the NHL Draft Combine. It's kind of this mystery process that we hear little dribs and drabs about, but we don't really know what it gets us in the end sometimes. So I'm excited to talk to Russ about that. We are going to do a prospect profile for the draft on Marco Casper. And it's Friday, so we'll finish up the week as we do with Gritty. Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We're also over on YouTube. So check us out over there as well. Uh, Just a quick programming note. We're recording this episode a little bit early because of our scheduling. So if there's any flyers news that drops we'll get to it on monday's show unless there's something huge like a coaching hire in which case we'll definitely put something in your feeds about that so the nhl combine is something that's really cool i think most of us know it because of the fitness tests that they do for all the players but there's a lot more to it and most big pro sports have something along these lines so why do sports have these kinds of things in general yeah and and the nhl was a little later getting to it than like the nfl uh well first thing is they figured out hey um we've got all these prospects in one spot and even though we've informally met and introduced ourselves to them and maybe chatted a couple minutes during the season you know this is a chance to if we want have a psychologist in the room when we talk to a player or if we want have three or four people from our from our organization Everybody's sitting in the room talking to the player, but only one person speaks and maybe nobody else says anything. Or maybe you have a guy like Steve Eiserman who's just writing down notes but doesn't say anything. All kinds of different situations, but it's kind of like a job interview. Mm -hmm. So it's in Buffalo this year for the NHL, and it's there a lot. Why do they do it in Buffalo? Uh, Well, you know, they they used to do it in some pretty um, meager places in like a gym and everything. And as it's grown, uh, Buffalo has this place called the Harbor Center. And it's great. I covered um, women's hockey there. I've covered men's hockey there. Uh, like the Sabres haven't played there, but, you know, other leagues have. It's a great setup. It's right it near. It really the, is. Right near the rink. It's easy to park. It's easy to get to. That's why. Yeah, I love that whole complex up yeah. there. And I think it does, you know, logistically, it's a really good spot for it. Um, I've been to the Harbor Center rank many times as well. And, and it's a nice little venue with some really good areas to break out and have different rooms with different uh, things going on while the show's going. Connected. 
yeah like there while it, there's stuff going on on the ice so that's uh that's a really good thing and i'm wondering from the prospect side of things like what purpose does it serve for them and like what is their experience like going into it i've asked of quite a few guys about it this year because it hasn't been around in a couple of years because of the pandemic and they're looking forward to it because they've watched it before or seen photos and Believe it or not, if they threw up on the VO2 max, they wouldn't care. They'd feel like they're part of the group. Uh, they like showing off. They're athletes. They like showing off. They like showing you what they can do. Uh, and that's the whole thing of this. They, Some of them had time and they practiced. There were places that, you know, that had this set up so players can go there and practice the combine if they want to. Some don't have the time. And this year, because of the timing of it, some great players won't be there because they'll be playing in the playoffs. But they're like, hey. If I'm going to miss the combine because I'm playing in the playoffs, I can live with it. But if not, they want to be at the combine because they know all the scouts are there. They know, believe it or not, um, this is where they like the media because we shine a light on a lot of the years before a draft. And believe it or not, teams do look around, look at what's written, look at some of these interviews, even though they've done their own interviews, because they want to see as much about a player and research as much about a player before they pick them. because. Every player is worth, you know, millions of dollars to them. Like it's a millions of dollar investment. So you have to be thorough. I always wonder if there's subtle ways that players kind of signal whether or not they're particularly interested in a team and vice versa. If the teams can really give clues to the players, whether or not they're interested in drafting them. I mean, players try and pick up on it and they'll talk to us about it. And some will say, especially after the fact, you know, I think the, I knew they were going to pick me because, but, you know, sometimes they will tell us, sometimes they will tell us. Uh, it, it's a fun little cat and mouse kind of situation. I don't think any player ever tells a team they won't play for them, but I do feel like when they go through interviews, uh, the team could feel if a player is not going to be good for their system based on what they're talking to them about and what the answers are. And so, and I don't think a player would ever do that consciously but I do think subconsciously that happens and, you know, in essence, eliminates themselves from some of the teams. So that's why their agents or if they're, you know, college bound players and they're not allowed to have an agent, their advisors, they work with them. They practice. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta remember, I've interviewed guys that have had Zoom calls for months already, you know, for at least a month already. They've been talking to teams, but they still even the players understand the value of doing like the interview part in person. But even the, you know, the. The workouts in person and if we get into some of those uh it matters a little you know it all has a, a piece it all matters a little bit there'll be some people that say ah, it doesn't matter at all and that's just wrong so as far as the team side of things like what are they looking for from the players in these interviews so they're looking for guys that fit their sensibilities like you know not necessarily think like them whatever but you're my kind of player. Why are you my kind of player? Because you do all the little things. We like that in, in this organization. Or you have heart. Or you show leadership. Or you're a guy that's committed. Or you're a guy that's just had this unbelievable story in, the, in his background and you've overcome all these odds to make it here. Those kinds of things. Those kinds of things can sell a team aside from what they can do on the ice. That's always such a tough thing to read from the outside, right? Because yeah. you're just kind of getting these 
little bits of information and the kids are like, oh, you know, I talked to this team and this team and I'm excited about everybody because they want to sell themselves to everybody, right? Because right. it's, the, it's the draft and I mean, it's their ticket. To tell everybody that. Yeah, yeah. I, but I love it because the, there's a lot of wide-eyed innocence to it, but at the same time, they have a job to do and I think uh-huh. it helps them just become more well-rounded people and learning how to deal with the media and deal with these questions and making themselves engaging, even if it's the 40th time they've answered the same question. Like it's, I kind of look at it the same way that um, the kind of film premiere media circuit goes. Yeah. So I, I just think it's, it's a ton of fun, but I think the big question. Well, I that I wanna... You mentioned um, like, Hey, this is the 40th time, you know, that this guy has answered those kinds of questions. And, you know, for one thing, sometimes they'll, they'll actually get questions that they've never been asked. And it's good mm-hmm. if you're the person that asked them that to kind of get that first answer for them before they've had a chance to really go over this with other people and, and get coached up about it. Um, but there have been times where I've interviewed a player and they were totally disengaged and totally like acting like you're kind of like um, trying to either fool me or you haven't seen me or you don't believe in me. So I don't really care um, about this interview. And, you know, I've witnessed some of those people and, you know, I, I can, I can tell you there's one in particular that hasn't made it to the NHL yet. That's a first rounder. So we'll see if that one makes it or not. Has a lot of talent, but uh, was really a jerk. That's amazing. I mean, it's frightening, but amazing nonetheless. I think the big marquee aspect of the combine are the fitness tests. So just to kind of review, what are they and what do they tell you? So as an example, like the VO2 max where they're doing the bike, that's one where they're going to be able to tell you, can a guy sort of be on the ice for 20 minutes if they're a forward and handle uh, stress and do they have the legs for it and all of that stuff. And, you know, you get some surprising results. Like as an example, um, in his draft year, Nick Cousins was one of those leaders in that. Right. And Nick Cousins is having a pretty good NHL career, you know? So is that one of the reasons? It could be. Fitness? Yeah. It could be because, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the best scorer, but he does get a fair amount of minutes and and he maybe he can handle things in crunch time. There are things you could learn. Um, there's things you could learn from, you know, the broad jump. If, if a broad jump is kind of like the same muscles that you use for, uh, for two-step quickness. So if somebody, you know, sees that, sees the core is really good, says, all right, you know, that's something. There's always a reason why they're doing certain exercises and why people are watching and why they look at the numbers after, because you don't draw big, big conclusions, but there are conclusions you can draw and they're important. Any, any little bit of insight, good and bad, you need to figure out, especially if you've got a, you know, a top 10 pick, you can't screw that up. So you're going to be looking at all of these things. I think that Nick Cousins is an interesting example, but in terms of whether or not performance in these fitness tests will move a guy up or down in their team's draft boards. Well, I mean, for as an example, um, there was the time where Sam Bennett couldn't do a pull-up. And I was oh, like, right. 
And that became like this huge thing. Oh my it God. It was a thing. You can't do a pull up. Well, how's Sam Bennett now? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. As somebody who's never been able to do a pull up in their entire life, I respect that tremendously. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, then, and, you know, I was able to do a lot of them a long time ago. I probably can't do one now. But there is a certain technique to it. If you don't know it, uh, you know, it's going to be a struggle. So uh, Casey Middlestad was another one. Now, Casey Middlestad, it turns out in retrospect, there were things to learn about him that, like, I don't think I knew until the last minute. So as an example, and I still think Casey Middlestad would be a decent NHLer. But, you know, he's coming out of high school. And I remember interviewing him after, this is before the draft, but after the combine. And at one point he had told me, he goes, yeah, you know, I've never really worked out in my life. Like I just would play hockey. And in my head, I was like, crap. If I knew that, that might've changed your ranking a little bit. Cause now yeah. the I, you know, cause as we saw, the process took a little bit longer for him to really stick in the NHL. And that's a part of it. It is. All right. Well, we're going to talk about one of those prospects uh, that is available in the draft coming up next. That's Marco Casper. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you out there. Locked On has put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners just like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about all our shows. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey to get started. It won't take very long. And if you complete a survey, you qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's a pretty sweet deal. So take our survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And thanks for your help. All right, Russ, Marco Casper, uh, man, I am a sucker for players from Austria as a huge Michael Roffel fan, mm -hmm. um, have the jersey in my closet to prove it. <laughs> and uh, so I was intrigued when you wanted to talk about Marco Casper. Uh, he is in the SHL, though, plays mm -hmm. in in Sweden, um, also been on Team Austria for their World Junior team. Um, and played in Worlds in seven games, played, he had two assists. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this season in the SHL, he had uh, seven goals, four assists for 11 points in 46 games played. Uh, but he also played in their under 20 league for part of the season and was pretty successful there. Right now, uh, he is ranked somewhere between 14 and 31 overall, but I would say 17 to 19 is the sweet spot. If you look at most of the rankings, that's where he is. So this is a guy that you trade down for, right? Yeah. He's a guy that, because of the world championships, it gave like an extra set of eyes because you didn't get to see enough in the world juniors, and you probably haven't watched enough of his regular season. So he's, he's taken advantage of it. You know, he's had a good showing. He skates really well. He's a guy that can score near the net. He's got very good hands. Uh, he's tricky. 
He's another one of those guys that's sort of tricky in the offensive zone, and you got to have to keep tabs on him. And and again, just a, a pro one timer. He's got a really good one timer. Now on the downside is is his two way game up to speed? Probably not yet. And you know, I think his speed can get a little better, like most players can, and his strength will get a little better. But he's pretty, you know, he's at six one one eighty seven already, so he's you know he's pretty well developed. What you have to mm-hmm. decide with Marco Casper is what comes up sometimes, and a scout taught me this, and he's right. Um, sometimes you get a guy, and what you see is what you get. Like, that's the ceiling. Hey, this is what he is. And, you know, and then sometimes you get a guy, and it's like, well, what's he going to be? And I think Casper is somewhere in the middle. I think he's already got a developed body, but I still think there's more of his North American game that could be developed because he hasn't played a lot in North American ice. So that's the unknown part of this. Yeah, and I think the fact that he's played in the Swedish league, which is a lower output league to begin with, um, says a lot in terms of if you look at just his point totals Mm -hmm. purely as an evaluation tool, I don't think that's the best thing to do. You got to look at his complete game. And I think, you know, from what I've read and looking at, at highlights about him is that he is really good away from the puck Mm -hmm. as well that he's really smart with his instincts and is in the right spot a lot and contributes to the overall success of his team in a really obvious way. Yeah. I don't think he's necessarily a center either. I I think he's probably Mm -hmm. a winger because of those traits and he is tricky in the offensive zone and he definitely is smart and he definitely knows how to get in the flow of the offense and he's right place, right time. And this is a guy that was not ranked anywhere near this, uh, at the beginning of the year, and, and now he is. So good for him. You know, he's gotten extra notice. He's gotten on the board. You know, from the Flyers' purposes, yeah, this would be a guy you look at if they trade down. And it doesn't mean you have to take him like 19 or 21, where, you know, where I have him ranked. It means you could take him, you know, 12 or 13 if that's where you moved down to because you made some sort of trade. So that's a guy that, yeah, even if they took him a few spots early, you could see – what the talent level is here, and he's a guy worth taking a chance on. It's just with him is the trick is where are you going to pick him? I wouldn't pick him in the top right. ten. Right, right, and and that's where I wonder, like, who is a team that's going to pick a guy like him if he, you know, if the Flyers don't trade down, mm-hmm. and you look at who is picking around then. I wonder what kind of team chooses him in this draft, given his lower production, and are they going to want to take a risk, and are they going to know those other things? Yeah, I think I think a team that takes him knows that right now he'll play in the SHL probably another couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. or at least one more year if he blows up in the SHL, fine. But like you said, with the numbers, it's not like he was getting top power play or anything like that. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so there's a little bit for that. And then you have to have him come over here in North America, and chances are he's going to see some AHL time because of getting used to North American ice. So, you know, you have to know that you're sort of in for it for, you know, at least three to four years, at least. Like that's that's yeah. probably, you know, unless for some reason he blows up next year, you know, that's the likelihood. So then you have to decide, hey, are we good with that? Is that good with, with our long-range plan? Me personally, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It all depends on where I'm picking him, though, because if I think there's a better guy out there, then that's fine. Me waiting for him? I'll wait for him. Yeah, I wonder if Buffalo is a team 
that you can make a deal with to trade down for a guy like this because they're at the 16 slot because yeah. of what they got for the Jack Eichel mm-hmm. trade and you know they have three first round picks so it wouldn't be a huge thing to give up for them mm-hmm. um as far as sacrificing a second round pick they have also have a bunch of second round picks including the flyers second round pick next year that they could trade as well and so you know with all these trade down guys that we've talked about but especially a guy like this who is a little bit more of a project that 16 pick looks pretty attractive yeah i could see 15 or 16 but 16 like yeah if if another team says hey we're gonna we want to get this this pick and they call buffalo because as far as they're concerned, Casper was already, you know, higher on the board than where he is. That's the kind of team that would be looking for him. Like that's, that's where the board matters. Like, you know, if Casper in their minds keeps slipping and they feel like, all right, it's getting to the point now where we think other teams are going to take them. Well, then maybe we do have to get more aggressive to get them. Right. And I, I think that given the Flyers increased attention to the European play, we've talked about it on the last couple shows in terms of hiring Sammy Kapanen and drafting a guy like Marco Casper, they'll have a lot of player development support for a guy like him. Yeah, no doubt. And and again, if a team like the Flyers at some point drafted him because they made another trade, got another first, whatever, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a great guy to have in the system because even if you don't think he's going to be a um, a center, He's a guy that you're pretty sure is an NHLer. Like you could look at him and say, this guy's going to play pro. It's just a matter of how's he going to hit? Is he a first liner or is he a second liner? Listen, like I said at the beginning, I am here for all of the Team Austria, you guys. <laughs> um, I do have a soft spot for that national team, but we'll see what the what the Flyers do. Again, uh, you know, we've been kind of approaching our draft coverage on a will they pick at five or will they trade down? And we made the decision that if they do trade down, it won't be much past where Marco would be picked at and so we got to look at both options here and so marco casper is a great potential prospect to discuss glad we got to do it we'll add him to the spreadsheet so uh, again we'll put that link in the show notes again in terms of where you can look at all the prospects we've talked about on the show thus far if you're interested in our evaluation of any of them it's rental spreadsheet i i i'm horrible with spreadsheets just so you know i love them so this was a great spreadsheet to make but we will come back and wrap up with our gritty thing of the week russ this is your favorite time of the week i know where we get to talk about gritty and what gritty has been up to i have to say They've been putting out some more original content the last few weeks. They've been using some recycled material, but there's been some good stuff. It's like Britney's so, greatest hits. That's what they've been doing. They, but yeah, but this is all like new stuff, which is really great. Well, one, well, one's, one re- not. Yeah. one's not. But so we'll we'll start with that one where uh, there's an amazing Twitter account called Animals of Hockey where they just post, um, amongst other things, pictures of Uh, hockey players with their pets and it's phenomenal and so they did a throwback of drake proveroff meeting gritty for the first time when drake was still a little uh, small puppy so 
Very, very cute. Those were some special times with Drake and Gritty. And then the other thing they put out, which I absolutely loved because I just saw the movie uh, for the Top Gun Maverick sequel that came out. They photoshopped Gritty into a bunch of stills from the original Top Gun, which is phenomenal. And you you were just going to sit there in your wrongness. That's fine. Yes, because Top Gun is a great movie. Top Gun Maverick is even better. I saw it at the Dolby Theater where you can <sighs> feel the afterburners in the chair. And it was the greatest thing. If you haven't seen the it. The greatest thing. It. Now it's like the it greatest was. movie ever. It was. It was a lot of fun. If you want to see a good summer movie, I think that Top Gun Maverick, you should go see it. And Gritty endorses. So you have that as well. I've never even seen what kind of movies Gritty likes. So that's the last thing I'm going with is his recommendation. Russ, you're wrong. It's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. But you are very wrong about Top Gun. All right. The next item on the list is they are doing some off-season reconstruction of the Wells Fargo Center. So they got all the mascots for the teams to come in and throw some hammers around and break stuff. And that's always a lot of fun. So there's a couple of posts where you can see some clips from that. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they're doing with that level. I've watched a few concerts from there. Yeah, yeah. So I like that they're trying to fix up the building a little bit between yeah. seasons. And so, and it's, you know, obviously not just for Flyers games. It's for Sixers games and indoor lacrosse and all of that stuff. So always like to see improvements to the Flyers venue. So we've got a couple clips of that. And then lastly, Gritty was getting sassy this time. Uh, somebody tagged Gritty and said, how many nipples do you have? And Gritty replied, none that I know of. I'll keep looking. So, <laughs> you know, that's down a little, maybe, you know, it's a different story. That's the best part about Gritty, though, is that they're able to create like children focused content using mm-hmm. the mascot and adult content as well. Mm-hmm. And I like that, that it's much like Sesame Street. There are things for the kids and there are things. All right, for the hold, on, hold on, hold on. Gritty would get kicked off of Sesame Street first episode, right? No, they wouldn't. Because that's what I'm saying is that the Flyers know how to make kid-friendly Gritty content. And they know how to make um, stuff for the grownups as well. And Sesame Street is great at that. There's no, always I'm jokes for the adults on Sesame even Street. Even Tickle Me Elmo wouldn't be tickled if Gritty moved next door. I'm telling you right now. Once again, I think you are wrong in your assessment, but that is okay. (laughs) You are allowed to have those opinions. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again on Monday. We'll talk about the latest Flyers news. We're going to have a lot more draft content coming your way next week. On Monday specifically, we'll have our nemesis of the week, which is my favorite thing we do every week on the show. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions, your draft questions via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. You can also comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today to make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. I'm on today's show, so go check it out. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.